Welcome along. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast for this week. Um, we've lost our unbeaten record since we last spoke, but scored a resounding victory over St Albans on Tuesday night. We're going to dedicate this week's podcast to a small band of, uh, of dedicated fans, the St Albans 11. <laughs> yep. Because if you were at the game on Tuesday night at Playmore, you will have heard the announcement, uh, tonight's attendance, what was it, 1,594, it was, yeah. of whom 11, uh, that includes 11 St Albans fans. So well played to them for coming all the way down from Hertfordshire to Playmore on a Tuesday night. To see a 4-1 defeat. To see an absolute yeah. hammering. And uh, well done to, I think Boots and Laces it was, that had the blackboard outside welcoming the 11 St Albans fans as well. Yeah. Which, um, nice touch. Proper well, fans. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. United have got plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, and plenty of them have done a lot more miles than I dare say the St Albans fans have ever done. And that's not taking anything away from them. Um, uh, and seen yeah. <laughs> bad, similarly, <laughs> travelled well, a long a way to see yeah. nothing, yeah. put it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can remember one or two 6 nil defeats at places like Crewe and Shrewsbury over the years. Yeah. Uh, and of course, obviously, losses that were perhaps not that heavy, but meant a little bit more in the great <coughs> scheme of things. Yeah. Pardon, but um, no, well done yeah. to them. As we like to say on this podcast, chapeau to the St Albans fans who yeah. made it. Proper fans, well done. We'll um, yeah, we'll hope to see you again next season. Well, if we all if we both go up, maybe. Yeah. Well, they they score an awful lot of goals. They They're did. still the leading scorers in the division. Uh, but unfortunately, they let rather a lot in. So yeah. maybe those St Albans fans are just used to being royally entertained every time we turn up. It, we'll, we'll come to this St Albans game a little bit later on. But, uh, but that, it was an extraordinarily entertaining game on Tuesday night. We also have a puzzle for you this week. Thanks to Julian, our regular listener. Our, uh, we have much to discuss, listener. He said, could we name a whole team of players who have played for Torquay United who have the same uh, letter beginning their Christian names and surnames. The one that we'll give you, as, a, as just to get you started, goalkeeper, for instance, Mike Mahoney, great goalkeeper of the 1970s. And rated by many as the best that's ever been. Indeed. Um, so that's a good starting point. When you mentioned it to me, we both looked at each other and gulped. Yeah. <laughs> knowing that, this, get... first of all, this one could run and run. Yeah. And secondly, oh my goodness, are we going to actually come up with 11 or 12? Well, we've made a pretty good fist of it, but we'll... We have, with a lot of help from Julian. We'll give you some names at the end of this podcast with just another little clue. One of them is currently in the team and one of them was recently in the team. Yeah. And there are a lot of big names down over And we're going to try and avoid going back to <laughs> pre-war uh, uh, of all weekends when we've all been remembering the fall and yeah. uh, we'll try and, <laughs> and avoid uh, um, the, uh, the 1920s and 30s when of course uh, a very very few of us were around, uh, around yeah. to see them indeed so we'll talk first of all I think about the two home games that we've seen uh, since we last podcasted the Woking FA Cup game let's, let's start with the Woking FA Cup game let's get that one out of the way yeah um, First defeat under yeah. Gary Johnson. The manager tenth, of the tenth, month strikes again, yeah. doesn't it? Tenth game under Gary Johnson. First defeat. Yeah. Uh, penalty. Hotly disputed penalty, I think it's fair to say. Although yeah. the expert pundit on match of the day did say, oh, that's a penalty. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how much he'd looked at it. No, but, exactly. Uh, go. Uh, who was that? I can't remember. No. It's, it's, somebody clearly doesn't know what they're talking about. It uh, wasn't no, a penalty, it was, was it? It, it was... Uh, you know, it was very interesting that Alan Dowson, the, the Woking manager, 
who's a proper bloke. Yeah. Um, uh, when we asked him afterwards, he said, seen him given, seen him not. So yeah. that was a kind of a, <laughs> normally in those circumstances, yes, Stonewall penalty. But even he, I don't think, was that convinced. Um, Gary Johnson very diplomatically uh, shook his head and went, not sure, not arguing with it. Yeah. I think he was more concerned, if that's the right word, that um, Jean-Yves Kouaniati had got himself out of position in the first place. Well, he he was um, the wrong side, wasn't he? He but was. He did um, stick a long leg in he, and got the ball. And he's a long leg. He's, <laughs> he's got long legs. He's, he's a big lad, isn't he? And he'd, he'd slid back. And yeah. I think, well, you could tell the ball went for a corner. Yeah. Uh, so he's made that contact. And I think it was one of those where uh, Loza, Jamal Loza, the uh, working winger, has sort of gone down over his leg. Yeah. But here we are. It's it's these are very tight decisions to make, aren't they? Um uh, sympathize a little bit in that situation with the referee. But at the same time, I think with all penalty decisions, it's like giving somebody out LBW or yeah. caught behind in cricket. The umpire and in this case the referee should be as certain as he can be. And yeah. if there's an element of the doubt, I think it should go you know, you go no. Mm. Uh, um, but unfortunately, the climate in which football is played these days is that it's almost gone in the other direction. Yeah. Now, that if there's an element of the doubt, you give it to the <clears> forward. <throat> well, I don't know. I, th- I think, you know, defenders often get one chance in those situations. And, um, you know, I thought there was enough doubt on Saturday for him to have, to have waved play on. The linesman was over the other side, in front yeah. of the pop side, yeah. of course. Uh, all the United supporters, and we bumped into a few of them straight after the game, because they several of them very uh, animatedly came to listen to the listen in on the uh, the interviews, yeah. the post match yeah. interviews, and leapt in uh, uh, as Gary Johnson was doing his almost. I think we almost handed the microphones over to the supporters and said, "Will you carry on?" <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, adamant uh, that that it was not a penalty. Yeah. Um, and of course, the whole game hung on two big decisions, didn't it? That yeah. one, uh, which which uh, uh, Max Kretschmar, the uh, working midfielder, put away. Played well again, didn't he, Kretschmar? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a good player. He is a decent player, mm-hmm. especially, you know, this funny phrase we use at this level, but yeah. <laughs> he is. Um, uh, and I see they won 4-3 at Gloucester City last night, yeah. which was a... a, a it was dissected and had a look at that game, yeah, but that sounds a bit lively. Yeah. Um, but... The second thing, the second one was 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 it midway through the second half? I think with about twenty minutes to go. Yeah, Toki were um, attacking down the right. They were. They? It, was, yeah. it was sort of a crossfield move arriving yeah. on the right hand side. Conor Lemon Hay Evans um, uh, had got the ball. Uh, he 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 poked it through. He, he passed it to Seiko Jane. Yeah. Who was into the box, and Lemon Hay Evans was then taken out in the act of passing the ball. Sega Janet gets the ball and he's taken out in the box. Yeah. And the referee uh, um, uh, pulled play back and gave United the free kick for the foul on Lemonhead Evans rather than playing the advantage. Now, I know there are times, we all are well aware of the fact that there are times when the referee sees a foul and blows instantly. Yeah. But surely, in that instance, United were on the attack. Yep. Uh, Lemonhead Evans, there was a pass on to Janet, which he duly made. Uh, is that not a pretty stone wall case of playing the advantage. It looked it, it to us. It looked it uh, looked it from the comfort of the press bench, it did, didn't it? it but, did. um, and and these are obviously difficult decisions and we 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 constantly try and hold our hands up and admit that. But 
Um, uh, the way the game was going at the time, United well on top. Uh, if that penalty had been given and United had converted it, yeah. um, uh, the whole tie could have ended up very differently. Um, so, um, uh, Mr. Declan Bourne, uh, the, the referee from Nottingham who did that game, um, I understand that one United supporter approached him afterwards, uh, and this is second hand, so yeah. we, we must be careful of that, and, uh, and reported back that he had said that he felt he got both decisions and he, he didn't get anything wrong during the game. No. Now, he's perfectly entitled to his, his view, and that's, that's fine. But it was in the context of a tight match, mm. and, and funnily enough, in the wake of recent results, um, you know, a good win at, uh, at, at Wheelstone, the two draws against Western Supermare and Villarecki, everybody turned up very optimistic on Saturday. And I, I, I kind of like, maybe I'm a bit of a miserable old beggar in my old age, but I, I thought... Yeah, we'll no, come no, to no, that no. in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I, this is going to be a tough old game this afternoon. Yeah. Um, we'd seen they were half decent in the, in the league match, which they drew two each. Um, and uh, uh, it, it duly turned out that way and yeah. it was going to be a tight game it was a tight game decided by one goal and a controversial one at that yeah. but I thought United played pretty well last Saturday I don't they think did. they deserved to lose I thought there was a lot of effort um, they dominated possession and territory um, uh, I remember after the two-all draw at home in the league um, Alan Dowson, their manager um who's a proper Wearsider uh, yeah. from Sunderland. Uh, you've probably seen when the draw was made afterwards that the only team he wanted in the next round was Sunderland, uh, his hometown club. But he was suspended for the first league game. Yeah. He was back, He was sitting in the stand. So his number two came out and did the interviews. And after that, the two-all draw, when United came from two down, uh, uh, very honestly turned around and said, no, 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 we, we deserve very little today, if anything, yeah. after that second half. And I think United... You know that you could argue that they should have won both games, um, yeah. and they drew one and lost the other. So I thought there was lots of good. I thought Conor Lemon Havens was was terrific in midfield. Yes, he was um, yes. last Saturday, yeah. as he he was pretty good again in in, yeah. in the week against the Albans. Um, uh, United are still carrying one or two injuries, and mm -hmm. I thought I thought they that they played if anything better in the cup tie than they had done in the two all draw. Yeah, um, and I felt. Not that we're in the business of feeling sorry, because that's a wrong lane to go down, isn't it? But uh, I thought they were a bit unlucky uh, to lose that game. Um, they certainly deserved at least a replay. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to Tuesday night, a 4-1 win over St Albans. While we're talking about referees, um, the referee on Tuesday night was James Durkin. Yeah. Son of Paul. Paul Durkin, who was a referee. Paul the was there on, he on was. Tuesday night. He was. His dad was sitting yeah. in the back of the stand uh, from Dorset. Um, we used to have Paul Durkin many, we many did, times, didn't we? didn't we, over the years, and the, a good referee he was. The players up, always liked him, didn't they? They did. He yeah. ended, I think he ended up in the old first, the first division, division or Premier yeah. League, yeah. and, um, and um, his lads looks like a chip off the he old does. block. He does, I thought he? he handled the game pretty well Tuesday night. Yes, absolutely, yeah. There was, while we're sort of just talking on the general thing of referees, of course, one thing we didn't mention on, after about the working game is that Gary uh, Johnson would absolutely refuse to go down the oh, weren't we unlucky route yeah. even with the penalty decision or, or anything else but he did touch on the time wasting uh, yes. which of course yeah. has become a bit of a recurring theme yeah they, they weren't quite up to Billericke's standards <laughs> but they, they weren't far off they weren't far off it and and uh, and I think what Gary Johnson is 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 saying is that 
look, he doesn't blame the opposition. He didn't blame the opposition no. for doing it, uh, and he didn't against Billericay either. But he 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 is he, he's pointing the finger a little bit, and I, I don't think any of us blame him for that at the referees for not. No. Uh, you know, tackling this sooner. I mean, it was a farce against Billericay that he didn't he didn't book Alan Julian, the goalkeeper, until stoppage time. Mm. Well, what's the point of that? Yeah, he yeah. did at least book two Woking players for doing it before stoppage time, um, okay. and and one a little bit earlier than that. So at least the referee Declan Bourne against Woking was a little bit more on top yeah. of it. But there was one incident that 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 gobsmacked both of us watching it on Saturday yeah. was when just after the Lemonhay Evans free kick no penalty for Janet incident mm-hmm. um, uh, Jamal Lozer was by the touchline in front of the dugouts uh, and the referee stood over him whilst he did not one set of laces but both boots both yeah. sets of laces yeah. up sitting on the ground the referee stood over him no indication to the crowd that this, to hurry him up, no, or no. ask him to leave the pitch. He was he was a yard inside the touchline. He was, he, he, and he just, sat. There, uh, you know, they're one up. They just had an escape with a, a, a non-penalty decision, and Jamal Loza sat on the pitch and did both the laces of both boots up with very slowly as well, and not yeah. exactly, and with the referee standing over him without any gesture of asking him to hurry up. He may well have been telling him to, but no, certainly no indication. No. And no indication to the crowd that he was adding time on. Now, a few moments later, it was, a, by the way, I think it was a free kick to United. I think it was, uh, yeah. Which way United were playing. No, no, it was no, a free, it was a free kick to them. It was, because United players were back in their own box. That's right. They? Yeah. And, and you spotted uh, uh, on the resumption of play that as the referee ran towards the area, he then held his arm up. He did, yeah. But he could have, he could usefully have done it during the incident. And pointed to his watch. Yeah. In other words, yeah. in response, presumably, to United players saying, what the hell's going on, ref? You yeah. know, uh, are we going to get the extra time for that? Uh, now, you spotted that. I didn't. Well done. Yeah. Um, but the, that wasn't an indication to no. the crowd that he was doing it. And in the end, I think, was it four minutes of stoppage time? Yeah. yeah. On Saturday? That's palpably ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't. You could use that up purely with bookings and substitutions, let alone anything else. And, team, uh, and we're seeing more and more teams doing this, aren't they? Because they're obviously feeling, and it's a compliment in a way. They're obviously feeling that if they can get a draw at playing more, they've done pretty well. Absolutely. So while they're drawing, and if they're in front, they are really running the clock down. Aren't yeah. They? I mean, we're not trying to say that United are perfect in all of this. I dare say that in a few months' time, if we go to Billericay or somewhere mm. like that, and we're one up with 10 minutes to go, we won't exactly be rushing. No. You know, but when you go down that road, we've all of us seen, even when Torquay have been in this situation, almost shouting, kind of whispering to the goalkeeper, keep it going, keep it going, don't get yourself booked, don't get yourself booked. Yeah. We've all been yeah. in that feeling, haven't we? And and But the referees have got to get on top of this. Mm. You, you, If the referee books, say, 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go, yeah. a blatant piece of time wasting, bang, booked. That stops it almost immediately. It does. It also puts that player in a very precarious position exactly. for the last part you know, of the game. So, and, 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 you know, it's it's... it's I don't know. Is it ungentlemanly conduct? Doesn't really. Whatever you want to call it, it's time wasting. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 sanction is there with a card, and I can't understand why referees. It must annoy them almost because, yeah. in a way, it just produces more flack for the referee from yes. the crowd. Yeah. So you deal with it at an appropriately early time, 
especially if once you, um, by all means, you go up and say, you have a word, don't you, first. Yeah. Don't make me book you. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I see well, that, you... If, that's you what know. he did with the Billericay keeper, didn't he, the that's week before. It. He went and spoke to him at some length, and then when he didn't take any notice whatsoever, yes. he booked him. Yeah, the trouble was it was in the 92nd minute yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. But uh, anyway, there you go. Good. Okay, on to the St Albans game, a 4-1 win. Um... Just to paint the picture for you, Torquay, 4-1 in front. They were 4-1 up with a good 20 minutes left on the clock, weren't they? Great goal. Beautifully taken goals, three of them anyway. One of them an own goal. But the three goals that Torquay scored for themselves were all picture goals. Absolutely two, two, lovely. Two of the best Jamie Reid strikes you'll see all season. But you were very unhappy on Tuesday night. I was well, sat next to you and you know, there's, there's a, a grand general feeling of talking a 4-1 up. This doesn't happen very often in the crowd. But you, there were things that you saw that didn't please you on Tuesday well, night. Well, you know, I, I am going down the grumpy old beggar <laughs> route now. Um, and, and I shouldn't do, really. 4-1 uh, is 4-1. And when I, I had the temerity to mention it to <laughs> Gary Johnson afterwards who's obviously forgotten much more about the game than I'll ever know, uh, that it was perhaps a missed opportunity to go and get six or seven. He looked at me and grinned and almost patted me on the shoulder and said, you know, beware what you wish for, Dave. You know, and quite right, and absolutely right too. But I, I, I had a feeling before the game that United would win comfortably on Tuesday yeah. night. Um, uh, St Albans score a lot of goals, but they, they let an awful lot in themselves. I thought United would get to them. In the wake of Saturday, I knew United would be up for it. Yeah. Take out a bit of frustration on them. We had a, exactly the start that you could have predicted. Three goals in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. It was all it was, a bit Keystone Cops in the first so half, open, wasn't it? It was so open, it wasn't yeah. true. But uh, uh, the only reason I was frustrated on Tuesday night was I thought that was a chance for a very young United team, and we'll get on to that in a second, to really go to town on somebody. Yeah and get six or seven and send a message out to everybody, whoops, here we yeah. go, this is what Torquay are all about. And they played well, I'm not saying they didn't, but, um, and, and you say all this only out of, sort of a desire and a hope for, the, for these young players to be the absolute best they can be. And I thought there were plenty of opportunities on, on Tuesday night for players in good positions, pass on, keep moving it, St Albans nearly out on their feet, they did look pretty have, ragged. Couldn't, couldn't have coped with yeah. us moving the ball quickly yeah. and sharply. And people were having just too many touches, um, misplaced passes, when simple balls are yeah. on. And you, 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 it's not said almost out of criticism. It's said out of, I just want this young team and the players that we all enjoy watching so much at the moment. You know, the Jamie Reeds, the, 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 the Sekou Janes, the Conor Lemonhay Evans, yeah. the Calvin Kalalas, and all, all these. You know, they're, they're such good, young, promising players. And you say, it just, I just want them to, to really yeah. hammer somebody one day. And I thought that was a chance for it to happen on, on Tuesday night. 4-1's a very good home win. Yeah. Of course I'm not. I'm not, I'm not happy denying, with that. Absolutely yeah. happy with that. Um, and Gary Johnson was quite right to react to, uh, to my remark in the way that he did. Um, uh, but it was just one of those nights, I think, when, when you know, we, we, we scored the two goals in two minutes, didn't we? Then Around we, about the hour mark, yeah, something like that. there was plenty like of time left, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we all looked yeah. at each other and was like, right. Here we go. And, and, maybe, yeah. and maybe it's partly my fault. I put my head in the bookies on the way to the ground. I didn't have a bet. 
But I bumped into a couple of mates in there and I said, get on Torquay to win four or five tonight. And they all looked at me and laughed and said, mark my words. And actually, I wanted them to get five or six yeah. or seven. Yeah. Um, because I, I felt it was possibly on. But there you go. Indeed. And of course, the crowning thing would have been when Jamie Reid is cleaned through with what... 20 minutes to go, something like yeah. that. <laughs> he does go for the uh, uh, the hat-trick chip over the goalkeeper yeah. and doesn't yeah. quite get it right. Um, so uh, if, if, if he'd done that, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation no. now. And we, um, we certainly wouldn't have begrudged him another hat-trick on we the wouldn't, strength no, of that performance. No, absolutely not. He's, but, got, he's got 12 goals yeah. this season already. You know, what's fin- not to like? Finishing on Tuesday was first it class was, yeah. on Tuesday. And, and we must also include Jake Andrews. Yeah, this is not the finish. first time he's arrived late on the scene mm. with first-time finishes. Uh, that was from a Jane cross from the right-hand yeah. side. Um, uh, he does this. Whoops, where's Jake? Oh, there he is. Arriving, uh, at, just a, the right arriving at just the right time. First-time shot in, into the net. No, they were quality goals. And I, I thought possibly, certainly over the two games, the best performances we've seen yet from Calvin Kalala. And yeah. there, by the way, is a clue to uh, to our brain teaser. <laughs> but, uh, if you if you stuck with us this far, you deserve another clue. Yeah. But I, I thought he played really well Saturday and again on Tuesday. Well, he's he's had he's always got this, and this is why Gary and Peter Johnson have signed him. He's got this ability to go past people uh, yeah. in quite tight areas, and. You can't put that into somebody, can you? No, and, no, that's and, right. And maybe he was one of the ones. That was his two best performances. Tuesday night, he was going past people like they weren't there. And then spoiling it a little bit. He actually did had, what, two, three really good shots, yeah. which yeah. Um, the St Albans uh, goalie, Dean Snedka, I remember seeing him play for Colchester back in a few yeah. years ago. Um, uh, uh, so it, there was some end product there. Uh, which which sometimes there hasn't been over the last mm. few weeks, but uh, again we, we are talking about somebody who's twenty years old. Yeah, uh, and uh, we can possibly get onto that now. That the 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 how young this United team is. Uh, obviously, last Saturday the only two players over thirty were Ryan Dixon and Liam Davis. Yeah. Ryan Dixon was out, and we'll cover that in a moment uh, on Tuesday night. Now, there, now there's a story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and we're uh, so which left Liam Davis at 31 years old. Yeah. Um, the next oldest is Jean Yves, who is 25, but has been playing for five minutes, uh, certainly in yeah. this country. The average age of the rest of the other 10 players on Tuesday night was under 22. Now that is a young you team. You have to isn't keep it? Yeah. reminding yourself of that. We're talking about lads. Talented careers in front of them, absolutely, mm-hmm. but then they're pretty inexperienced when when push comes to shove, and they're being asked to go out in front of high expectations. Yeah. There, are, there, are, there are high expectations here, aren't there, at, at Torquay United, um, in front of quite big crowds for this level. Two and a half thousand there on Saturday for the cup tie against Woking. Fantastic turnout. Yeah. Um, and they're being asked to go out, solve problems, win games, tick boxes, earn brownie points. And they are 20, 21 years yeah. old. Quite a few of them, as we know, on loan from Bristol City. And we're so, expecting a lot of them, aren't we? We're yeah. expecting a lot of the Connor Lemon Hay Evans and the Jake Andrews in Absolutely. the team. Absolutely. Um, they um, are young lads. They are. And, and, and they're going to make mistakes. And, and, you know, thank goodness we've got Gary Johnson. Uh, and I'm sure Gary Owers knew this as well. But, but, but Gary Johnson is very aware of this. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, he, he, he can uh, steam into people with the best of them when he fancies it. But he's 
very aware that 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 to go and hammer players mm. for mistakes that frustrate us, yeah, only because we want the players to do better, um, sometimes can go the other way. Um, and uh, I think we maybe it's just us all worth remembering how how young this yeah. this team is. A mention for Rory as well before we get on to other matters. Rory, he needs a goal, doesn't he? Rory he does. is getting on the end of things. He's, he's almost getting there. Almost he's, getting he's... there. Almost getting there. There were two or three crosses on Tuesday night, weren't there? Where he's inches away. Yeah. Um, uh, and and you know we all know uh, he, uh, whenever he gets taken off in the closing stages, there's people always standing up around us, yeah. there to give him to, to, to applaud him off the field. The fans love Hang him. In there, really. Really. Yeah, Hang it, in there, Rory. Hang in there. It will. It, it will. It will happen. We um, haven't. Um, we haven't played a track by his uncle Ronan on the Friday night radio show for a few weeks now. No, so come on, no. get, get us a goal on yeah, Saturday. No, exactly. Yeah. And of course, um, uh, you know he 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 in many ways he doesn't epitomise. Uh, the effort that's going in at the moment, but he's certainly a, a part of it. Uh, and you have to hold your hand up that, that, uh, that there's, there's plenty of spirit out yeah. there at the moment. Now, Reedy's uh, two goals on Tuesday night took him to 12, yep. which got us to thinking, and thanks again to Julian for helping us out here as well. And but, one or two other people. And Steve, yeah. yes, you see Steve who sits down in front of us is, um, is, is a mine of information. We were trying to think of the last talkie player to get to 10 goals by Christmas or to get beyond 10 goals by Christmas. Yeah, there have been, uh, um, been a few of those, but um, well, not recently, I have. No, <laughs> so, true, yeah. So... Uh, we came up with a couple of ideas. Well, we both Benyon. thought Tim Sills straight away, yeah. didn't we? Uh, um, but uh, yeah, apparently it's Tim Sills and Chris Zabrowski had both done it. In that season, in, in the, the first season. In the, the up Paul and Buckle. atom season. Yeah, yeah, 2007-8, yeah. yeah. So that's 10 years since that's been done, Goodness. near enough. So Where did that go? <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Um, but yeah, good to see Jamie getting the goals. He looks confident. Yeah. He's bringing other players into the play. You know, he's. I thought he he he, he by his own admission he didn't play well against um, uh, Woking, uh, although he ended up in a bit of a lone role up yeah. front. Um, uh, but uh, his finishing, on the, the the two finishes, uh, both right footers, yeah. but from different areas of the box. Yeah. Um, were well, no, similar areas of the box, but one in one corner, one in the other. Um, were real sweet strikes, they were. Um, and uh, he's you know, he's going great, isn't he? He, he looks like and, he's going to score a goal every time he goes I, out. I there. thought the difference last Saturday against Woking was when Gary Johnson took over and he suddenly started scoring goals. He said quite an interesting thing in one of his interviews that obviously people were saying, Well, what's different? Mm -hmm. and he just said, Well, one thing that Gary Johnson, the, the gaffer, said to me that stuck in my mind was. I want you. I don't want you in the middle of moves. I want you on the end of them. Yeah. And yeah. I thought against Woking, through force of circumstance, not his fault, he was having to kind of like be a target man and receive the ball yeah. in yeah. the middle of moves. I thought on Tuesday night, formation slightly different. Him and Seiko Jani back up front together again. Yeah. He could concentrate on doing what he's been doing well. And you know, there you are, two terrific goals. And didn't he do it as well? Um, and interesting circumstances that brought Rory Keating into the team <laughs> on Tuesday. There's, well, a, there's a story on the website there is. today. Uh, uh, we got to the ground on Tuesday and somebody mentioned to me, I said, don't think Ryan Dixon's playing. And I went, my heart sank, <laughs> not because I'm a, you know, founder member of the Ryan Dixon fan club, but, um, but this point about him and Liam Davis being the only two yeah. really experienced players in the team. 
Um, and and he, he looked good against Woking. Oh, he? He played uh, well against Woking. For, you know, he, he's he's got a few miles on the clock, but uh, uh, still to hell yeah. with that. You know, he, he's he's a, a key part of the squad, I think. Um, one of the things that impressed me on, on last Saturday against Woking was how many headers he won in midfield, yeah. which yeah. is always a useful thing for a midfield player to have. Uh, and of course, Asa Hall, when he comes back, you know, is, uh, ticks that box. Um, but no, we, we obviously had to check afterwards what had happened. I'd got a hint of it before kickoff, but you don't want to sort of start tackling that at that stage. But no, Gary Johnson did reveal afterwards that um, uh, uh, there was a, a bit of shooting practice and set piece practice on the training ground yeah. uh, uh, the day before the game. Um, Ruri Keating decided to catch one in the sweet spot smashed into uh, um, Ryan Dixon's face who was standing in the wall and couldn't get out of the way of it or didn't maybe he was too brave for his own good who knows yeah. um, but the top and bottom of it was that um, he didn't recover all that quickly uh, felt a bit groggy still felt a bit groggy on the Tuesday um, rang in and said look I'm struggling here um, and uh, <laughs> who gets the call <laughs> to say, watch out, you might be starting, <laughs> is the guy that did it. Um, so uh, Ruri went straight back into the team, Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Ryan Dixon had to sit one out. But, um, isn't that the second time this season that he's picked up an injury in training? It though, is. Isn't it? That's his, unlucky, his, isn't his leg it? fracture, his lower leg fracture, yeah. uh, was caused by a tackle in training. Um, uh, History doesn't relate who it was, and, and Ryan certainly isn't saying. He's not saying. Uh, no, and I don't, again, I, I don't think anybody suggested oh, no, that it no, was no. A, a real nasty one. I, you'd need to have been there to know. But um, So that's the second time he's been that's <laughs> injured a, this season by a teammate. That's A, very bad luck, and B, it shows you they don't hold back in training. Either. Well, that's, I think it's yeah. got a bit, particularly uh, in the wake of the last couple of games, uh, and um, Monday was, was what uh, uh, Gary Johnson described as quite a long day. Day, uh, yeah. on the training ground yeah. it started with a, a fair old session in front of the video screen of the Woking match uh, showing things that Gary Johnson was not happy with mm. um, uh, and understandably so um, he's seeing stuff that almost certainly escapes you and me um, uh, uh, and I think training was pretty full on after yeah. that as it has been for the last few weeks and you know what's the old you know the saying you play as you train yes and, um, yeah. uh, I don't think there's uh, uh, any argument about that and we were talking a, a few weeks ago about this whole wasps at the picnic thing that Gary had tried to get into the players and you could see that on Tuesday night in fact we talked about it on the press bench didn't yeah. we when talkie don't have possession yes they are much more than they used to be. They're right in the faces of the opposition trying yeah. to get the ball back uh, off. And, and one lad, of course, who is buying into that because I think that that, that um, you know he needed to improve in that is Calvin Kalala. Yeah. Uh, um, it, there were moments when, out of disappointment, Carl, Calvin would lose the ball, uh, and in that split second when you 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 show that disappointment, you are not hmm. wired back on and and. Uh, uh, he's much better at that now. All the rest of them are, are reacting much better. And of course, this is the, I think we may have mentioned this many moons ago, that the one thing everybody always forgot about Barcelona was not how what wonderful football they played, but they failed to see how they used to react when they lost it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a big, big part of the game. Now, uh, Gary Johnson's also said this week he's not in any tearing hurry to bring in new faces. He he's he's looking, but he's not going to jump into anything. I think hastily is he? No, I I, I, I 
he and Peter Johnson, his, his brother, who's the United's head of recruitment, they have a, a pretty good list of players that um, A, they would like to become available, and B, those who are available, but they're not mm. 100% sure whether they're the right ones. And, and uh, you know, we are in a situation where the team is, is pretty good, Yeah. Um, certainly competitive at this level. Uh, a very good point that Gary Johnson made on Tuesday was that United have got Alex Bass, Asa Hall, George Essiemann, um Jakob Sokolik maybe a little bit longer, yeah. and one yeah. or two others who have already come back from injuries, the Ryan Dixons. So you add them to the squad, and as he said, you know we've got pretty competitive squad there. So I think the situation he's in now, and I, I, I'm sure one of the qualities that he and Peter Johnson are looking for is a little bit more experience. Yeah, um, they are harder to find, and uh, I think, uh, as he said on Tuesday, we've got to make certain now uh, we are out of the cup. We didn't pick up the thirty-six thousand quid last Saturday, no. which I think is think is worth remembering. Um, you know, what a bit of extra help that would have been. That would have yeah, taken would. the cup earnings yeah. to eighty-five thousand pounds. That pays a you know a few bills doesn't it it's an expensive defeat isn't it it is yeah um but in those circumstances i, th- I think you know gary johnson is very uh, uh well and quite rightly too he's an experienced guy he's been in this situation before he wants to make sure that these next two signings especially i think they're looking for contract players now rather than yeah. more loans if we have another loan player you're starting to go into the Oh, are we going to start having to leave lone players on the bench? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even in the stand, which was happening last season, wasn't it? Um, that, that, that these have got to be nailed on. Um, and this E for experience word, I think, yeah. is, is fairly near the top of their list. Okay, let's look ahead. Let's look First of all, let's look ahead more than a week because the FA Trophy draw gave us Basingstoke away. That That's Saturday to, week, isn't it? Brings back some unhappy memories, doesn't it? Three nil, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was a, that was a very bad day, wasn't it? It was in the yeah. FA Cup three years ago, two thousand and fifteen. So Saturday um, week, we're away at Basingstoke in yeah. the FA Trophy. Yeah, nice ground. If anybody's thinking of going up there, the Camrose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice little stadium there. We we ended up going there. We we thought we were going to go and watch Torquay play at Woking, so we bought the train tickets to go up, and then Torquay were in a. A cup run of all things. No, Woking possibly were in a cup run yeah, or something yeah. like that. Anyway, we ended up looking for another match up that Waterloo line and went off to watch Basingstoke. I think they played St Albans. So that's the only time I've been to the Camrose. I didn't go for the Torquay Cup defeat. Didn't you? But, you, were, but you well, you didn't miss anything. Nice no. ground. And it's one of those where the club shop is in a shipping container behind one of the goals. <laughs> so uh, good place to go and watch football. Good yeah. crowd as well. Um, it. The FA Trophy is, is the cup competition that nobody really loves until you get into the last eight or so, isn't it? And you have to get that far as well, don't you? Yeah. Um, uh, again, call me old-fashioned if you like, but I thought one of the most one of the best best in quotes results of the two thousand and eight nine season. Bear in mind that United had missed out on promotion the previous year. Yeah. You know, when under Paul Buckle, uh, when we got to the final of the FA Trophy and lost to Ebbsfleet. Yeah. Uh, and I'm absolutely convinced that United's volume of games uh, and the fact that United had, had never been that far in anything like that before yeah. uh, impacted on their league uh, campaign. Uh, this was in the FA Trophy. The following season, yeah. uh, when, as we all know, United eventually won promotion mm-hmm. at Wembley beating Cambridge, uh, they lost 3-0 at Southport in their opening FA Trophy game. 
I didn't go to that match. Um, and uh, I can remember seeing the score come in. I thought, oh, that was a bit of a thing. And then that'll do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I know you should It goes never... against the grain. It but does. No, it I know goes what you against mean. the grain. Yeah. You should never think this way. Uh, and if United go and give Basingstoke a good seeing to uh, uh, in 10 days' time, yeah. fine. Um, but the trophy has the potential... To, to muck up your season, doesn't it? To, to get in the way, at least, of, of your league season. At least we haven't um, got the Satanta Shield anymore. Well, that's a good point. Because um, that was over and above. That was a third days, cup competition, it wasn't was. it? So you've got the cup, the FA Trophy, the Satanta Shield, and a hugely demanding league yeah. campaign. Uh, and, of course, United chased Aldershot all that season for the title. Um, lost a crucial game to them at Plainmore at the end of March, I think it mm. was. Ended up having to go into the playoffs... And as we all know, we won't speak of the, uh, the, the traumatic semi-final defeat against Exeter City. But, you know, and at the same time, I can yeah. remember uh, United uh, played York in the semi-final. Um, a two-legged semi-final of the FA yeah. Trophy. Yeah. Beat them at home. I'm pretty sure United drew away or they might have lost by... Anyway, they were through. And all these celebrations going on at York, you know, were going to Wembley. Yeah. When, in fact, everybody was thinking... Yeah, but we've got somebody else on the Tuesday night yeah. in the league at home, and and it was it was just too much to be for a small club yeah. with a limited squad to have to handle at that particular stage of the season. It's a bit like Man United having to handle going for the or Man City going for the Championship, the FA Cup, and the Champions League, all with games in the last two or three yeah. weeks of the season. Um, that they might be able to handle that. I don't know. I don't suppose they'd fancy it. No. Uh, and so you transport that down to this level. Um, and I remember it was patently obvious by the time United lost to Exeter, a huge disappointment, and then they went to Wembley yeah. uh, to play Ebbsfleet in the FA Trophy. They were completely knackered. Yeah. Mentally and physically. They were on they, the beach by then, they, weren't they? they? they, they yeah. It wasn't that. It, 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 they, they were just yeah. done for the season. Yeah. And we ended up losing to an Ebbsfleet team, which they'd normally beat um, with their eyes shut. Yeah. Um, Chris McPhee, of course, yeah. then joined yeah. United, getting the winner at Wembley. And it just was a, a real, real letdown. And it was almost predictable. Yeah. That's what, that's what uh, uh, my feeling at the time was. Nobody was that bothered. You know, no. uh, you'd, you'd come from Plainmore, packed to the rafters against Exeter. You know, fantastic atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, um, the whole season on the line against your local rivals. Everybody passionately up for it. The players, the supporters lose that game. And then we've all got to drag ourselves up to Wembley for the second for the consolation prize. Yeah. And, um, and that was only a few days later, wasn't it? Was, it? it was it the same week. Yeah. It wasn't that long yeah. afterwards. And uh, still. There you go. Good luck at Basin. Let's see how we get on. But before we get there... <laughs> well, wouldn't it be nice to beat a team who are known as the Beach Boys? <laughs> um, Concord Rangers from Canvey Island yeah. are the visitors to play more on Saturday. Yeah. Have we ever played them before? No, and beware this lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, the 4-1 win against St Albans on Tuesday night. Yeah, fine. Uh, Concord Rangers, they uh, beat Eastbourne 3-0 on Tuesday night as well. Uh, you've got... You go from a United team, which is one of the least experienced in the league, yeah. to probably the most experienced team uh, in the National League South. 
um, packed with with ex league players who have yeah, now they've gone part time. They've got some old heads in there, haven't That's they? That's right. Okay, so they're part time. Maybe they're not in the first flush of youth, etc., etc., etc. But and they're very good at home. They haven't done quite so well away uh, away from home. But they're right up there with United. They do fancy winning promotion. They have this huge rivalry with Billericay, yeah, which is not very far away. Billericay are seen as the noisy neighbours. Yeah, um, uh, and Concord, who would love to either get into the National League before they do, or stop them doing it yeah. one way or another. Um, and this game on Saturday will be against experienced old heads who know most of the tricks in the book. And there are um, players that we've encountered many times before. Players like Jack Midson. Jack Midson is at Concord now. How many isn't times he? has he played against us? Nearly yeah. joined United at one stage under Chris Hargreaves. Yeah, uh, and then got stolen away by somebody like Oxford or something. No, Eastley. It might have been Eastley. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, for a bit more money than was available in those days. And um, their goalkeeper is Dave Besant's son as yes, well, isn't that's he? Right. Yeah. yeah, Sam Besant. Because, um, of course, we had Paul Merson's son playing against us on Tuesday night. Yes, that's right. Sam. Yeah, yeah. So that they, they've got a very, very experienced squad. Um, uh, people like Lee Minsell, I, I can't remember him saying, playing for Newport yeah. years and years ago. Tyrone Sterling's been knocking around lower division football. Like Sean Clahessy, I'm not sure whether he's still there, actually, but he, he's certainly on the staff. Um, uh, uh, Billy Knott used to have a very good career, played for Portsmouth, Bradford City. Um, uh, and you've got Midson up front. Uh, they're just a, a good, strong. They'll be a formidable squad. side. They, to, they yeah, will. Yeah. And, and and physically, I don't suppose United will be able to brush them aside. Mm. Um, so United have to play very well on Saturday. They're well capable of doing it. And if they could follow up in the light of Tuesday night with yeah. another, another three points on Saturday, that will almost certainly. I mean, they're well up there now, aren't they? They're well, fifth, fifth in the table. Now, yeah. Um, uh, uh, okay, Billericay have got Billericay and, and uh, Welling. I think have got a game in hand, but it would. They are in the thick of it now. Yeah, uh, and they could seriously be up there uh, yeah. if they can beat Concord. So I think it's a big, big game on Saturday. Um, uh, I hope United get a really good crowd. Yeah, uh, they'll need it. I think uh, as Gary Johnson is at pains of saying, you know, that the, the crowd at Plainmore, fantastic that they've been this season. Um, are a huge help in these circumstances yeah. um, and uh, Concord will need to know they're playing away from home on Saturday and I'm sure they will should be a good game though we look forward to that always yeah. look forward to something a little bit different don't you and, yeah. uh, Concord yeah. I think provide a, a different test certainly a different test to St Albans yes. on Tuesday night yes. so shall we um, shall we get to the answers <laughs> to the uh, to well, the, the name game it's, it's been occupying us for a day it or two has. hasn't it it was one of those things just to put you in the picture uh, Julian set this puzzle for us a few days ago and on it's Tuesday it's not the first one he's <laughs> dropped in our lap has he well done Julian on Tuesday night on the press bench I said to, you, to yourself and Matt come up with some names for these things and as predicted, these things come to you while you're in the shower, while you're doing the washing up, while you're driving over the ring road. Suddenly a name pops into your head and you need to write it down. Well, you probably should have been thinking of something else. Indeed. <laughs> but this this is what we've come up with. And uh, most of these uh, have come from Julian, but some of them we came up with. Some some yeah. slightly off the wall ones. You, you, you've surpassed yourself, Guy. <laughs> and then to, to finish off with, we did have a little look through the record book. We'll finish off with some that we to didn't think of. Yeah, Julian uh, didn't I mean, we, we, we've both been mortified that we, that we managed to forget one or two, didn't we? And yeah. we tried to put them into... 
a team. Yeah, a team with an FA Cup bench, with seven, a seven-strong bench. Of seven. And, of course, part of the problem is is that you inevitably end up with more players in one department, you do. available players yeah. in another. But but I, I reckon this team would be, uh, would be pretty useful. Managed, of course, by Malcolm Musgrove. Who I'm pretty sure uh, uh, is certainly in recent memory is the only manager with yeah, Christian name surname starting with the same letter. In goal, as we said at the start of the podcast, the, the fabulous Mahoney. Mike Mahoney. Yeah, great um, player, Mike um, Mahoney. Late sixties, early uh, well, early seventies. Uh, sold to Newcastle for sixty-five thousand pound in those days and became an even bigger star with them. He did uh, before going to America, and he's now happily. Back home in South... Back home. He's back in South Devon. And last thing I knew, he was living Chudley, I think, or Is somewhere he? like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. if he's listening, glad to have you into our... Uh, into great our, man. ...into yeah. our team of letters. Right back, Chris Curran, who was one of the few players to play for Torquay, Exeter and Plymouth, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, 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 an all-three Devon club man. Yeah. And a product of United's um, uh, uh, old trainee scheme. Hugely productive. As is the left-back. Scott Stamps. Well done. Both <laughs> contemporaries um, uh, uh, in the uh, late 80s, well, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Uh, the training scheme that produced the Lee Sharps, the Darren Moores, and later we'll come to another one up front. <laughs> uh, Centre-backs, this is one that you plucked from somewhere, David, Joe Jopling. Yeah. Um, he, again, I suppose you have to be a bit careful because some of these almost inevitably were lone players. Yeah. But Joe Jopling was a centre-half who I... I, I when you, you immediately start thinking of the dodgy letters, don't you? Yeah. Like the K's and the F's and the J's. And the, when I thought of J, oh, you know, you can't forget a name like Joe Jopling. You can't. Can you? And Joe Jopling was a central defender who was on loan from Leicester City. Very nice bloke. Went on to play for Aldershot for many years. Yeah. Good player. Um, uh, centre-half, so he'll do as a centre-half. And alongside him, Giancarlo Gallifuoco. Well, you came up with him straight away, and I can't believe that. GG. GG, I can't believe exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. he, should, he should have sprung to mind straight away, but uh, yeah, well done. Good player. He was with us at, at a difficult time, wasn't he? He was. And, um, and is he still at Dover, or has uh, he, no, moved he moved on from on there? No, he moved on from Dover. I've, oh, dear, uh, that's dreadful. Should, we'll look should, him up. Should know where he is now. Uh, on the right side of midfield, another GG, Gregory Goodrich. Oh, definitely. Had to be in the team, didn't yes, he? Yes, uh, one of the uh, West Indian players uh, um, who joined us just after... Uh, no, no, before. Just before. He was before Rodney, Rodney Jack, Jack, wasn't he? Yeah, of course he yeah. was. Um, very exciting right winger. Uh, again, went on to a fine career. Uh, QPR, Bristol City. Yeah. Quick. Uh, Golden in. Very popular with the crowd, a, a, a real entertainer. Left side of midfield, Ivar Ingemarsson. No, I think we'd play, he'd play centre midfield. Centre midfield? Yeah, he'd play centre oh, Of course, yes, yeah, because of who we've got to put out on the left. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, centre midfield, Ivar Ingemarsson. He actually came to United on loan from Stoke City, Icelander, who of course again went on to a massive career yeah. with Reading mainly. That was his, his start. I think he played for Ipswich as well at one time. Um, but came to United um, on loan uh, during Wes Saunders' yeah. reign as manager. Um, started off in midfield, um, uh, where he played very well for us. Uh, uh, but most of his career at the higher level was played at centre back. Yeah. He slots into he the slots middle in. of midfield for us. Uh, in this, well, in the centre of midfield, ah. uh, well, we need to get to this man sooner rather than later. Yeah. Derek the Dude Dawkins. <laughs> How many more D's do you want in that? <laughs> yeah. 
What a player. <laughs> Even he wouldn't <laughs> claim that. But what a bloke. Yeah. What a guy to have in your club. Uh, um, uh, yes, a, a really good, solid player. Scorer, Boundless enthusiasm. Yeah. Scorer of that goal against Spurs. Scorer of the, of the winning goal against Spurs yeah. in a League Cup tie at more for which he, he'll forever be remembered. Um, uh, and uh, a great bloke yet also became a very good youth coach yeah should we make um, him the captain of this team just for uh, fun he'll do yeah yeah armband for Derek Dawkins yes okay and out on the left of midfield then the player that I put in the wrong position to begin with Billy Bowden yes I think he, he plays uh, uh, on the left wing yeah. of course he could also him and Goodridge could switch and play right and left because they both like cutting in um, but no Billy Bowden will do on the left hand side Decent player. Now, it's an embarrassment of riches oh, up front. Well, the, stri the striking department seems to be particularly rich in these double-initialed players. But we've gone for a striking partnership that begins with Tommy Tynan. That'll, he'll definitely do. He'll definitely do. Um, yeah, argumentative, goal scorer. Um, well, I can't think of a better natural finisher yeah. that's played for United than him. Uh, uh, wouldn't run a yard further than he absolutely had to no. um, uh, uh, constantly chivying his teammates because they didn't supply him with the right pass at the right time but instinctive uh, uh, goal scorer though, but what he? a finisher yeah. um, uh, uh, he only played a, a season and a bit for United uh, towards the end of his his gold laden career for Plymouth Argyle yeah. and of course he'd, he'd done the same for clubs like Newport County, Rotherham um, and he arrived at United. I think he scored, we talked about players scored double figures before Christmas. I'm pretty sure he'd scored 16 or 17 by Christmas yeah. in the 1991 season when United eventually won promotion at Wembley. Uh, finished up with about 19, I think, yeah. that season. Then got injured towards the end of the season. Involved in a little bit of a off-the-field... A, a, a kerfuffle, shall we call it, yeah, involving and, a kettle. Yeah, and didn't actually play in the final no. uh, uh, when United beat Blackpool uh, at Wembley. But, my goodness, could he not put the ball oh, in the back a, of the net? A memorable player, and well worth his point, his place in this side, where he lines up alongside the mighty Adebayo Akinfenwa. You came up with him. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, everybody knows him as Bayo, but his Christian yeah. name definitely is Adebayo, Adebayo. Well, well done for... Still uh, playing? Uh, telling me, is, yeah, yeah, Wickham, yeah, um, still at Wickham, still yeah. enormous, still well, knocking the goals away, absolutely, and setting up even more for everybody else. And uh, he played well for us, didn't he? he played Tell early me, in his uh, career. Uh, yeah, uh, he came from Swan. Uh, no, he went to Swansea. What am I talking about? He came from Doncaster, uh, and he was the replacement, or supposed to be, for David Graham, who was had been yeah. in the season after promotion under Leroy Rosinia. Uh, David Graham was sold to Wigan for 350,000 quid, I think, something yeah. like that. And you couldn't hardly get two different players than David Graham and Akin Fenwick, could you? But um, he arrived on a free transfer. The, the, the great frustration that year, of course, was was it not, that United ended up getting relegated straight back down again, which was sad. Yeah. Um, but that Akin Fenwick... Uh, was palpably not fit, a bit like uh, uh, Rene Howe wasn't when he arrived mm. yeah. under Martin Ling. Now, um, a combination of Rene Howe, Martin Ling and Damien Davy, the physio, managed to get Rene Howe pretty fit quite quickly. But it took Akin Fenwer a bit longer before he was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And then, of course, I think he scored 16 goals that season. 
and I think about 14 of them were from Christmas onwards when he was almost unplayable. He was absolutely uh, unstoppable, and, and, wasn't he? And yeah. that was in League One, what's now League yeah. One. So, um, no, no, a, a real unit and probably a hell of a good foil for Tommy Tynan if they, should, yeah. if they could ever have played together. He was Player of the Year one season as well, wasn't he? Yes, he that's right. Player of the year. Yeah, and then moved on to Swansea. But, uh, and of course, there are others in that department um, uh, who who would consider themselves very unlucky not to get into the striking onto the striking roster? Yeah. Well, some um, on some on the bench here. We've got uh, well, do, let's, let's on, do the yeah. bench. Dwayne Derby. Well, he's is on the bench. That's right. He 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 should be there, and he of course is the other contemporary of Chris Curran and Scott Stamps. Yeah, uh, all West Midlands lads, all of them. Uh, um, you used to walk into the dressing rooms at Playmore those days and think you were in, uh, you know, Wolverhampton or Tipton. Yeah, um, uh, it was uh, there, were, <laughs> there weren't many Devon voice accents in those days. Uh, and the striker who, to be honest, we both had in our starting eleven until yeah. Bayo Akinfenwa elbowed his way in. Les Lawrence. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. A very popular, charismatic uh, centre forward. Played alongside Steve Cooper in the uh, um, sides under uh, Mike Green in the late nineteen seventies, and regularly comes back to see us. Uh, yeah, back in uh, um, uh, back in Devon, no, hugely popular and uh, fans loved him. Now you wouldn't let me have Bomber Brown. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, his name is Tony, <laughs> and, and I'm not having Billy Brown either uh, from the 1970s. His name was Willie, Willie Brown. Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, no, I, I'm not. Some people used to call him Billy Brown. I remember seeing him referred to as that yeah. in some magazine somewhere. And thinking he's not cool, but nobody calls him Billy. Um, no, we're not having him. We've got Martin Musgrove on the bench, son of, of Malcolm. Yes. Only played a couple of games. Only played a couple of games. That's he qualifies right, for, for, for an M. There, there, there is there was an M in the dim and distant past, and we will mention a couple of these. Marwood Marchant, who yes, supporter from the nineteen fifties, will remember him. He played quite a lot of games actually. I'm pretty sure he was a centre. Is he centre forward or centre half? Not quite sure. Yeah. Um, Marwood Marchant. What a great, what a great name, name that is. Uh, Trevor Tainton is on our bench as well. Is he? Trevor Tainton is there. A goalkeeper called Robbie Robbins, of oh, course. Very from well known. Newton Abbott, Dawlish. wasn't he? Oh, yeah, Dawlish. Newton Abbott, yeah. Dawlish. Uh, I th- I mean, I, uh, and he, he was um, played He played a handful of games in the 70s. Yeah. Um, a, a very, very good uh, quality local goalkeeper. Um, went in in quite difficult circumstances, I remember, and didn't disgrace himself at all. And the two most recent occupants, we put them both on the bench just because they're more recent. Bobson Balling is on there. Yep. Bobson, a talky player up until quite recently. Yeah, who's just left and gone to Oxford City. And of course, the current incumbent who we've mentioned in the podcast already, Calvin Kalala. Absolutely. Who the KK. The I K. imagine that's what prompted Julian to think of this and, Might um, well have done. and, and got him thinking yeah. on it. And of course, in on the back of that, there, there, there are others who, who, who you know, haven't got in the team. Uh, we should mention, of course, with a B, Bobby Baxter. Yeah. Very classy uh, left back who still lives in Torquay now in retirement. Um, uh, under Frank O'Farrell and um, Alan Brown in the late yeah. 60s and early 70s. Bradley Beatty, yes. uh, uh, yeah. a young, talky, played, played born and local red football, centre he? forward, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, another one who came up as an apprentice. Um, I'm thinking that there's a C. I never saw him play Colin Court, who was yeah. a, a, a defender in the 1960s. And I'm pretty sure he played, or certainly was around during the 1959 the club's first ever yeah. promotion, 
uh, under Eric Weber in 1959. I'm pretty sure he was in that squad. Might be mistaken there. John James, not the scout who brought Lee Sharp to uh, United, but a centre-forward in the 19, uh, late 1950s, when United just missed out on promotion yeah. uh, to the old, what is now the championship yeah. on goal difference at the end of that season, to goal average, I beg their pardon, uh, to Ipswich Town when Sir Alf Rantwell the future Sir Alf Ramsey took Ipswich Town up in United's yeah. place. Um, yeah, so, and there are one or two others well, that have played small handfuls of games. My favourite from the 1930s, Morton Monty Morgan. <laughs> Morton Morgan, known as Monty, is our own equivalent of Charles Charlie Charles. Charlie Charles. Charles. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, and of course, you can delve back into the mists of time, and there are one or two others yeah. that, that wouldn't mean an awful lot um, uh, to many people. So we've enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Julian. That's that set us thinking. That set the rest of the press bench thinking as well. So uh, there's there's been a few sleepless nights over that the one. Ha- the hat, the hat, And funnily enough, I'm just suddenly staring at an extra one, which I'm only going to mention because if I don't, somebody will have a go at me. Ernie Eds was a, 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 a and of course, <laughs> when you look at the E's back in the fifties and sixties, yeah. people used to be called Ernie in those <laughs> yeah. days, didn't they? And then, well, apart from your dog, <laughs> yes, guy, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an Ernie. Um, but Ernie, people don't tend to be called Ernie these days. But Ernie Eds was a was a very popular winger in the nineteen fifties, um, and could play centre forward as well. So so I'm told. Um, so that's an extra one. That's it. Thank you for listening. We've taken up quite enough of oh your time goodness. this week yeah. uh, with our aimless ramblings. Thank you very much as well. We'll be at Plainmore on big, Saturday. Big game this Saturday. Get three, up there. Yeah, Get three o'clock there. kickoff. Concord Rangers. It's going to be, be different, isn't yeah. it? It's going to be a good game. Come up and say hello. It's always good to see people. Um, if you're in Bristow's bench, come up and say hello. Tell us what you like about the podcast. Tell us what you don't like and we will react accordingly. And as ever we finish, come, come on, on you yellows. yellows.